Hey, welcome to episode 46 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. And let's actually pick up with something from the last episode, just really briefly. Now that all of the changes are falling like dominoes in the Toronto market for the Maple Leafs, I'm curious to see how far this goes. And if this goes all the way to the top with Brendan Shanahan and his resignation as well, or his replacement, I'll be really, really interested to see where the Toronto Maple Leafs go as far as the next group of people. And a lot of people last year gave Montreal, or two years ago now, Montreal, a lot of flack as far as going quote-unquote outside the box and not going a traditional route by Jeff Gordon's hiring of Kent Hughes, that followed by Martin St. Louis. Vincent LeCavalier being put in the front office into a position. Everybody's like, you can't do that. That's not traditional. That's not normal protocol. I would love to see Toronto follow up with, how would this be for a bombshell and a change of the times represented perfectly? Emily Castingay becomes president and Cami Granado becomes general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Think of that for a moment. Talk about continuing a trend, setting things on their ear, if you will, or just flipping the picture completely. What a concept and what a great idea that would be for the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. And they would do a dead center in Canada's largest media market, most amount of media that's there. That would be the story that would probably carry the NHL right into next season if absolutely nothing else happened. But with that said, what is with the people's thinking in Edmonton that there needs to be any change in any way that somehow... Kenny Holland needs to go away or be replaced. I don't care if there's somebody else ready to step in within the organization or outside of it. He is one of the best general managers of the National Hockey League for easily the last three decades. He ran an amazing operation when he was in Detroit, came to Edmonton, came to a mess, and has been continuously cleaning it up. The problems in Edmonton thank God, are no longer management, no longer a coaching issue. They've got solid people in those positions. Edmonton's got solid people in their scouting department. Edmonton has a solid offense on the ice. Very solid three lines deep. Edmonton's problem is role players. Edmonton's problem is defense, which for the most part, other than Evan Bouchard, pretty much needs to be swept out. And their goaltending? Highly questionable. I think Stuart Skinner came a long way this year. Is he still ready to be a number one? I don't know. Maybe he is. Or maybe Montreal, of all teams, might just have all the answers to Edmonton's needs defensively and in goal. Think about Stuart Skinner for a second. Is he ready for it full-time, number one goaltender? I'm not the person to say that. Only time will tell. However, what a great asset and teacher if the Edmonton Oilers were to trade for Jake Allen. He'd be perfect. He's got two years left. Timing would be perfect. And Skinner could step right in after his retirement as number one. Defensively, Montreal is overloaded in defensive prospects. That being said, I am not willing to trade some of the people that just ridiculous comments are being made of how Arbor Jacki should be traded to obtain, along with something else, the ninth pick overall in the 2023 draft. That's insane. Arbor Jacki's value to the Montreal Canadiens is so far beyond just the fact of whether he's a defenseman, top four or not, and he is. But he is the kind of player that Montreal has not had. 
and the nickname that someone gave him earlier in the season is perfect. He is the new sheriff on the team. And ironically, he has been the first player on that team since the likes of Chris Nyland, John Kordick, Lyle Odelin. He actually stands up for his players and goes, nope, not if I'm here, not going to happen. And if it does, you get to deal with me. And on top of that, above and beyond all those other players that I mentioned, he can actually skate. He is actually a solid transitional defenseman. He's got a good first pass, a good first step, can literally rifle the shot from the left side of the point on the power play. He's a really, really good player. That was a diamond that fell into Montreal's lap, and every team in the NHL missed for three consecutive drafts by not picking him. Their loss, Montreal's gain, don't trade him. I believe he is one of the most valuable players on the team. And if there's anybody else that's like, oh, what about Caden Gooley? Yeah, he's valuable too. So is Jordan Harris. And so are prospects like Adam Engstrom, Jaden Struble, Lane Hudson. Don't touch any of that. And there's a couple others I could add in there. But if you want to unload some people and you want to continue the asset management that Montreal has just done an amazing job with, send Joel Edmondson, David Savard, Matthias Norlander, the rights to Otto Leskinen if Montreal still has them, Chris Weidman. They're all perfect players for Edmonton. And then Edmund can turn around and trade the likes of people like Darnell Nurse and other ones who just didn't cut it in the 2023 playoffs. They didn't. They were inconsistent. And at $9 million, I'm sorry, Darnell Nurse is making too much. He has not proven that he is a $9 million player. He has not proven he's a $5 million player. He got, and his agent got him, a fantastic contract because that is way overpay for Darnell Nurse. Edmondson will be the defensive leader that Edmonton needs. David Savard will bring calmness to the defense and stability that Edmonton needs. Matthias Norlander and Chris Weidman, there couldn't be a better system to play to their skills. And if they go on to have outstanding careers, especially in the case of Norlander, who's young, so what? You obtained asset management for him. You got draft picks in return for these guys. But Montreal between Jake Allen, and I'm going to come back to goaltending in a second, and those players defensively could address all of Edmonton's needs. And they still would have Brett Kulak, Evan Bouchard, Philip Broberg, all of them. So that would replace and address those whole issues for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, if you really wanted to do something unusual, you might, I said, get back to goaltending. Maybe this is a place for Caden Primo. I don't think it is. I think Caden Primo's place and could get a higher draft compensation in return for Montreal is Philadelphia or the New Jersey Devils. It's home for him. And those two teams... Philadelphia's going to need a goaltender here soon because Carter Hart's not going to be around much longer. I have a feeling that when his contract's over with, unless he changes and becomes a lot more consistent and gets back to what he was doing, I have a feeling he's not going to be their goaltender. And Caden Primo, I think, would slide in perfectly in New Jersey, who is still looking for a young goaltender that can be there for a decade plus and continue to learn and evolve and is surrounded by a phenomenal offense, which New Jersey has and certainly proved in the playoffs this year, and has a average or above average defense, which would be perfect for Caden Primo. Now, the the glaring question out there might be that somebody might have is what would be going back to Montreal, second, third, and fourth picks for those players involved. That's where some of them were drafted, like Matthias Norlander was a third-round pick in his draft year. Get a third-round pick for him. I don't think there's any number one pick potential there, or should I say number one draft pick compensation there. I think that day might have come and gone for Joel Edmondson. And hey, if Montreal can get a first-round pick for Edmondson, great. I'm all for it. The more, the merrier. 
but I gotta wonder, yes, he finally finished off the season injury-free, yes, he showed some durability, but his days of being a first-round compensation pick, yeah, that might be a reach. That might just be a reach on that one a lot. Speaking of the New Jersey Devils, they had an incredible season that nobody expected them to have. They had an incredible playoff and got by the Rangers, which nobody thought they would. Yeah, they they hit a brick wall when they got to Carolina. But that being said, why would there be any question on the return of Coach Lindy Ruff after the amazing job he did in the 2022-2023 season? Has them playing as a team? Has them playing as a cohesive unit? Has them all understanding the system he wants them to play? They're thriving in that system? Who in their right mind would make a coaching change or think he shouldn't be back or won't be back? That is absolutely absurd. And as we're talking about coaches, Mike Babcock has popped up as a potential fit for the Columbus Blue Jackets, which they need. They need a Mike Babcock-type coach. They just seem to have no idea what they're doing on the ice. They really, I believe, have missed John Tortorella since the day he and the organization departed. They need a coach. I'm not talking about a military dictator, but they need somebody to lay down the law, put a plan on the ice, because it's clear they're just running around. Columbus is a really cool organization in a lot of ways. Got a lot of good people there running it, but for some reason, the players have just had an issue. They just can't get it together. They can't look organized. They can't look cohesive. That's a problem. That's If they hope to go anywhere and improve it as an organization, that has got to turn around. Speaking of things that have got to turn around, I can't believe that we're still having these obsessive people talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Pierre-Luc Dubois needs to go away. I really hope he ends up signing somewhere like Anaheim, far away from Montreal, and that might play in Montreal once or twice a season or every other. He is not what Montreal needs. I have said that from the beginning. Once again, kind of disappeared after having a 63-point regular season this year, following a 60-point season last year, 28 goals last year respectively, 27 goals this year respectively. Not bad, but at best, that worth is his current contract, and you know his next one, somebody is going to be nuts enough to sign him for $9 million, which he is not worth, even remotely. I get it. He's a local kid. I get it. He's a francophone. I get it. People long for the days of cheering for one of their own. I understand it. But the league has changed so much from then, and your heroes and stars come from everywhere now. The U.S. college hockey season has been phenomenal for the last 10 years. The U.S. hockey programs have turned out amazing NHL players. Europe has turned out amazing NHL players. And not just the Scandinavian countries, not just the Swedes, the Finns. Denmark has turned out phenomenal players. Czech, Slovenia, Russia, just talent abound everywhere. It's just not the same league anymore. I get it. People are nostalgic. People miss the olden days. Oh my God, our roster used to be 75, 90% French. We had the Lapointes, the Lafleurs, the Lemaires, the Richets, the Waz, the... Michel Bunny LaRock, the list was endless. They were all French. I get it, but it's changed. It's changed, and you now have 32 teams, probably in the not-too-distant future. God knows, we'll probably be 36 or 40 with the way expansion's being talked about. I just hope if that's the case, and we'll get a bit to this in a future episode, the NHL rules for expansion, if that's going to change, and there's going to be another four to eight teams coming into the league at some point, teams can't be giving up all the players that they're giving up. And we'll get into that a little bit later on in future episodes. 
But Pierre-Luc Dubois will divide the locker room. You finally just got over all that, whether it was P.K. Subin's fault, whether it was Max Pacioretty's fault, whoever is the fall guy, it's over though. It's finally in the past. It's not affecting the team anymore. Why would anybody in their right mind want to light that fire again? That is just stupidity beyond the word. Montreal already has better prospects in their organization and top six position prospects in their in their organization such as owen beck so montreal is done with center i've said for a long time now suzuki's number one doc's number two owen beck's number three and lucas Kandata is number four he's the perfect center for the fourth line and everybody's like well what about jake evans i love jake evans i think he's a seventh round pick out of notre dame in 2014 which was his draft year and junior team i think he has become much more than anybody ever gave him a shot to be and montreal is a habit of doing that with seventh or other late round draft picks that being said the guy has been injured a lot and he hasn't been in the nhl that long so it's not like he's playing a ton or like you know near a thousand games he's just been injured he durability is a question mark for him unfortunately i wish it wasn't i would love to see the guy's full potential but i really gotta wonder if he's ever gonna play a full season again he just seems like he's getting more and more fragile right in the same way that brendan gallagher has over the recent years and unfortunately and it's gonna sound harsh you can't have that kind of instability i get it players get injured we all know that but that being said there's got to be a really strong durability for the most part and the injuries have to be rare or not that often and when they start becoming injuries with regularity that you're out for long periods of times or season ending ones like he's had the last couple of years and when i say he i mean jake evans that's got to cause concern and you got to kind of look at that and go huh that looks to me like a problem now back to arbor jack guy I am at a loss, the people that want to include him in anything. Montreal has not had a player like that in the last 43 years almost. Everybody's like, 43 years? Yeah, it's been that long since the 80s, okay? So why would you get rid of him? On top of that, since we already talked about that, people are saying, oh, well, Jordan Harris might, you know, be that perfect addition to a trade. No, just like Arbor Jackeye has unusual unique and rare skills that the team has need jordan harris from the moment he stepped on the ice in the last 10 games last season has not looked out of place for a minute has not sounded out of place when interviewed for a minute sounds like a long-term veteran kid who and literally came right out of college hasn't missed a beat after coming out of northeastern he's smart he's intuitive he's fluid he's a very good defenseman especially for his age he's playing like jack eye like caden gooley beyond their years and we haven't even talked about matheson but i don't think he needs any introduction because he's been a phenomenal player and i love the fact that all the people that doubted that trade have been made to look like the fools that they are you want to trade defenseman trade matthias norlander include that amongst the people that go to edmonton you're worried about moving on some other people maybe dmitry kostenko maybe daniel sobolev maybe send them to washington play on their russian player development leverage it get more for them with those players from washington than you would from other teams somebody's looking for inexpensive fifth and sixth defensemen Corey shermerman madison bowie johnny fairbrother 
Chris Weidman, Frederick Allard, Nicholas Bodine, and unfortunately, because you've got so many people, probably Paturi Nurmi and Miguel Torgany may never end up making the Montreal Canadiens roster. And I'd be interested in seeing what they're like as players. I have a feeling they are good offensive catalyst players. They can contribute a lot offensively. I have a feeling they're that good. But you want Arbor Jacki, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, Jason Struble, probably Adam Engstrom, Justin Baran. Jonathan Kovacevic, you want to keep those players. You want to hold all of those as long as you can. The best part is, before you know it, the 2023 draft is going to be here. The Stanley Cup is going to be won by somebody, and it's looking like it could very well be a Florida-Vegas Stanley Cup. I'm still pulling for Florida. At this point, I don't think it really matters whether Montreal gets the 28th or 32nd pick, and I still say there's a lot of things that they could do with that pick and don't need to trade that or include that in any other draft, like so many people are saying. Hold on to it. I think you can grab somebody maybe a little earlier than they're thinking that they're going to be taken. I think you can address a major team need. And yes, I'm talking about goaltending with this. And I think that's the perfect pick to do it with. Not going to be a high pressure draft pick. Won't be in the player's face all the time as soon as they hit the NHL and will be allowed to develop. On that note, thanks for tuning into episode 46. I am your host, Steven Stiles. Have a fantastic week.